Um, as Linda comes to read the scripture this morning, this is the Shema. This scripture was so important to the ancient Jews that they created its own symbol. And it's the symbol that is on the doorpost of Orthodox Jews, dear friends who continue every time they come in and out of their homes to touch that box with the Shema symbol in it and touch their lips and touch the box again. This was the defining scripture for not only ancient Israel, but even current Jews. These words are so apropos for us. They're so important for us to understand. And the reminder that when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? This is what he quoted. So hear these words as we head into the message this morning. Today's reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding to you in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> I'm going to come down here today because I, I, I want to be just a part of us today and not be up there separated. Annual conference, as I said, was an emotional time. And on, on Sunday, about mid-morning, I got the message that my mom was just in, in some need and some stress. And so I left conference a little bit early and uh, missed the youth service because of this. And... <clears throat> Went, went up to Wesley Homes and ended up sitting with them for quite a while and just talking to mom and, and then had lunch with mom and dad. And I sat there in wonderment in the lunchroom at, uh, at Wesley Homes, uh, particularly at Wesley Gardens, and looked around the room at, at these so many of you know, 70 and 80 and in some cases 90-year-olds and just I, I struggled with what I saw health-wise in that room. And, and, and it was hard for me not to think about um, Cam. Uh, I, because of a gift of a member of this church, I'm able to play tennis over at Edgebrook Tennis Club, right down here by Taiyi Middle School. And uh, I play usually early uh, Tuesday mornings. <clears throat> and I'm looking at Linda because I think she knows, you know Cam, right? And, and for the last two weeks, I, I've, it, it's groups of doubles, and, and I played with Cam. Between the first time I played with Cam a week ago Tuesday and last Tuesday, Cam turned 85. Cam plays tennis three or four times a week. So there came a point at the end of the third set where, you know, Cam and I were partners, and, and I ran to recover uh, a ball that was just on the line and just tweaked my ankle a little bit. And so, so, so Cam, of course, in Cam's wonderful, supportive way, walks over to me and taps me on top of my head. Says, it's hard getting old, isn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, this is the group that I choose to play tennis with. 
And then I thought of some of you. I look at Renee and I look at some of you who are in your, your late 70s and 80s. And even some of you who are in your 90s and how vibrant and healthy you are. And I thought of this sermon this morning. And I thought of our mission statement this morning. And a reminder that we spent about a year kind of developing this mission statement, and there are four significant words in the statement. And I almost gave you the test today. I was going to put cards in every bulletin to see if you could recite it. Oh, see, I love the mmm. Mmm. Well, let me recite it for you one more time. Aldersgate, a United Methodist Church, growing in faith, love, health, and service. Aldersgate, a united Methodist church growing in faith, love, health, and service. It was interesting sitting last night with a a fellow clergy person. She is uh, the pastor over on Vashon. And as we do, we exchange information about our churches. And I was talking about my sermon this morning about health. And she said, why would you preach about health? I said, because it's part of our mission statement. She's blown away that any church would have that word as a part of its mission statement until you go back and look at this scripture. And and we'll we'll come back to that in just a second. To start, given that that's part of our mission statement, I want to confess to you, and you saw the e-newsletter, confess to you that I brought with me this morning my last... Uh, my lipid blood profile. Now, what I want to remind you, uh, and this is, um, was done, I think, in, in um, late... I can't find the date. Um, somewhere right around uh, just before Christmas. I want to remind you that I rode from Seattle to Portland on my bike a year ago, right about now. And I was in good shape and, and came off of that ride and, and really feeling good because my, my cholesterol was finally in a controllable kind of area at about, you know, it's not perfect, but it was about 210. My triglycerides, which are a challenge for me anyway, sat at about 205 and normal. I mean, healthy is about 149 or 146 or below. But I felt okay about that. Um, my blood pressure was really good, and then, so the ride ends, and I'm sore, and for about three months, I decided that I was too sore to work out. <laughs> for about three months, I decided that, you know, you know, changing my diet back to what it used to be was probably okay. For about three months, I decided that I, you know... The ride of 204 miles from Seattle to Portland probably covered me for the year, <laughs> right? In other words, there, there is one singular word that describes all of that, and that is just lazy. It's lazy. And so right about that time, I went in for my annual physical, and of course in that annual physical, blood was drawn. I will tell you, I was a little, little shaky about this blood draw, and not because I don't have any problem with needles. And here's what came back. My cholesterol climbed back up to 265, and at one point it was 310. My triglycerides, which are that content of your blood vessels that if it's too high, it creates blockages, was 510. 
is 510. And my HDL was above, above what, it ha- what it could be and what it should be, I mean, and well above. And I remember, like it was yesterday, my doctor walking up to me. And Nahida and I have become good friends, and he's been a, a tremendous coach for me as well. He's a DO and just ter- ter- terrific at Swedish. And he, he sat down in front of me, and he put his hand on my knee, which he does. And he said, Brad, I want to tell you something. I'm scared to death for you. And I mean that literally. I'm scared to death for you. Because if you don't change, you will be dead within 10 years. And I don't want to be the one to have to call Dorothy and tell her. My job is to do every single thing I can to create not just you know, overcoming disease in you, but creating health in you. And so will you allow me the privilege of doing that? I will admit to you that was terrifying, and it was even more terrifying given that, that I mentioned health is one of the pieces of our mission statement. And we heard over and over and over again at annual conference, and I have known our bishop a long, long time, and know that he believes that we are, it's imperative that we lead by example. It's imperative that every pastor in this conference lead by example. So knew that some changes needed to be made. And the other thing I have to admit to you, and, and here was Ginny Truscott, who sits right there, just above where Sue's sitting, um, at the first service. And I remember Ginny coming up to me at one point and saying, why is it that when it's 97 degrees outside, you wear vests in worship? And I thought, you know, this is where it's going to begin. And I said, I wear a vest, and less so today, I initially said, I wear a vest to cover up the cord that goes to my microphone. And then I stopped and I said, no, that's not true. That's partly true. I wear a vest because I think it covers up my belly. And that if I wear a vest, people won't notice the weight that I'm gaining. I wanted to admit that to you today. And there was a chant going on in the narthex right after first service. It began with Peter and Armida and grew from there to no more vests. Well, we'll see about that. <laughs> the other piece that I want to share with you is that about, uh, about three months ago, I, uh, I became into a relationship with uh, a ministry coach, and then Nahid and I as, as a coach for health pieces. But sitting right, sitting right here almost every Sunday morning, right in this chair, well, it's really this chair right here, is Daniel Flahiff. Uh, Daniel I, gave me permission to share some of his story. And Daniel, uh, Daniel uh, was, uh, at one point in his life, weighed about 265 pounds. And if you've seen Daniel at all, he is, he is like skinny as a rail right now. And, and Daniel made the same kind of decision. And Daniel has become my nutrition coach and my, my physical health coach in my workouts. And, uh, and Daniel lost uh, about 80-some-odd 80, 80 pounds and became uh, a triathlete in his, uh, in his late 30s and is now an international triathlete in his late 30s because he began to make some decisions about health. 
Daniel has been an incredible coach in the midst of this and is way, way too patient with me and so now has permission to no longer be patient. Coaching has become an incredibly um, strong issue. And by the way, did I mention that my doctor said to me that if I don't do this, there will be a funeral somewhere around my 68th birthday. And by the way, I don't want to do that. I want to be Cam. I want to be Cam, playing tennis into my 80s. And to make a change, an intentional change, means that my body will recover. It's still in that place where my body is able to recover. Now, why in the world am I sharing all this with you this morning? Well, there's three reasons. The first is scriptural. There's a reason that the ancient, that the, in ancient Israel, the Shema became an essential piece for them. And by the way, what does it say? Hear, O Israel, hear, hear, H-E-A-R, hear this, hear this. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your emotions, your mind, your intellect, your soul, your spirit. And what's that fourth piece? Your strength. And they would constantly use this metaphor about the body, the the strength of the body, and they called it a clay pot or a clay jar. And the miracle of a clay pot or a clay jar is it's exceptionally fragile. What strengthens the clay pot, and they understood this, depended on what you put into it. The pressure that would be applied from the inside depending on what you placed in this pot or jar, strengthened or weakened that pot. How perfect is that metaphor for us today? And by the way, doesn't it also say over and over in Scripture that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And I will now tell you, I am absolutely convinced personal experience here that our physical well-being will absolutely have influence on our mental capacity on our emotions and our relationships on every single aspect of our lives our physical well-being will have influence positively or negatively on every other piece of our lives And the reason the Shema is there and the reason, this is point number two, that Jesus quoted this as the first and most important of the commandments was because it's hard for us to love God and our neighbor if we don't love ourselves and take care of ourselves. So how's that going for you today? Before I go into the five elements, the five specifics that I'm asking of you for this, the rest of this summer and really into next year, I just want to tell you just one other piece of our personal story is that Dorothy and I made a decision three months ago based on some recommendations from Nahid Eshmael, from Daniel, to really begin to do some research around what creates health. And when we research, we go all the way. Those who have been in my Bible studies absolutely know that. And I'm just OCD that way. 
And so we began to research. And more and more and more, what came out for us was that a plant-based diet is, is the key. Is the key, particularly for men my age, and, but for all of us, key to health. It's key to health. And so we made the decision uh, four weeks ago that we would go to a plant-based diet. And what I've got to tell you now on the other side of that, a plant-based diet, and we're creating a little bit of a hybrid out of that. Uh, I'm pretty black and white about it. Dorothy's got a few little gray areas for her. Is I've lost nine pounds in, uh, in three weeks. Nine pounds in three weeks. I am sleeping better than I have slept and I, I can't even tell you how long. I, I feel like my emotions are much, much healthier at this point, and I, I just have more energy. I will offer you the same thing I offered first service, because it's only fair that way, is uh, we leave for vacation after we take um, four kids to camp today. We leave for vacation, and over the next three weeks, I'm going to be cutting up literally nine cord of wood. And what I mean, chainsawing it up, splitting it and stacking it. If you need firewood, <laughs> please let me know. I am delivering uh, about a quart and a half of wood in that three weeks to Quinault um, because somebody in first service really wants some. If you want some, let me know. I have a truck and a trailer, and I'm happy to come and drop it off at your house. I'm not stacking it for you. <laughs> I just want that clear. So here's what I'm asking of us, given that health is that third word in our mission statement, is I want to give you a five-piece plan for this summer. And I, I, I'm asking you to take this very, very seriously. It's interesting that I have it written by hand on the back of that lipid results. First of all, one of the things that we did, um, as I did in this, is we created the before picture. So I'm asking you to do the same thing. Intentionally go to the doctor, get a blood test, look at every aspect of it, and create the before picture. I'm pretty convinced, other than Reichenbach, that every one of us can be in better shape. <laughs> right? Because I don't know that Linda can get in better, better shape than she is right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we all need that before piece. So what's your before piece? Create it. Look at your blood tests. Look at your blood pressure. Look at all of those things. And involve your doctor in this, please. Number two, do some research. Do some reading. For folks, whatever age you may be or whatever gender you may be or in whatever shape you may be, Begin to do some research. Look at those articles. We live in a time where it's incredible what's available to us. We're taking three books on vacation with us that are going to help us continue in this process. And we are going to read them. And again, as you look at the research, talk to your doctor. Number three, set goals. But do me a favor. Set realistic goals. I know that I still have 25 pounds to lose. And I'm gonna, I'll just confess that to you. I have 25 pounds to lose, and my doctor has helped me understand that. And, and so I'm going to lose 25 more pounds. And that's a realistic goal, and we are looking at the timeline for that goal. And so set realistic goals. Create a plan out of those goals. 
I said the word diet when I talked about the change. What we're doing is not a diet. Diets are temporary. What we've done is we've changed our lifestyle. And sometimes that's what's required. So set that plan. Set those goals. Number four, establish accountability. Establish accountability. Allow your family to be a part of that. Allow friends into your life in a a way that's going to help you make sure that you're moving forward on this. Allow your doctor to be that as well. And for those of you that use, you know, smartphones or other kinds of things, there are apps out there that are phenomenal. The one that I use is called Lose It. L-O-S-E, capital I-T. And it tracks my food. It tracks my carbs, my proteins, and my fats. It, it tracks my exercise. And it gives me, I've set goals in that, again, with my doctor and my coaches. And it helps me track those to see how I'm doing on those. So find an app and allow it to help you. But establish accountability. And one of those pieces is tracking number five. And I think number five is the most important one in the midst of all of this. Did you know that research says that those who make this faith-based are at a much higher, uh, have a much higher success rate than anyone else who does this. And so I'm asking you, as you do this work, to include God in that equation. Cover it with prayer. Have others praying for you throughout all of that. But let's take this on. I have a blood test scheduled at the end of this month. You are part of my accountability. And whether you like it or not, because I know what I'm going to hear after this sermon is, you know, why are you sharing this much with us? I know I'm going to hear it. And I know exactly right now in this service where it's going to come from. (laughs) But I need your accountability and I need your prayer. I'm going to share with you the blood results, the blood test results that I get in the first sermon coming in August. So do me a favor, come to church. Even though I know you don't want to hear about my blood. But come to church. And let's share and see what, what's, what's accomplished there. Seriously, I want to journey this together. Here's this closing thought. We've talked about Wesley, and you heard about John Wesley a little bit from Rachel last week. John Wesley believed that for us to truly be faithful, there had to come a point, a decision point in our lives to align ourselves with God. He called it justifying grace. God surrounds us. We become aligned with God then by justifying grace, and then God continues to work in us through sanctifying grace. What changed my life, and is changing my life now, was making that decision to make this change to make this change. I want to be Cam. I want to be Cam. Make the decision, friends. Make the decision to do what needs to be done for your own health and well-being and include God in that. Will you take this on? Let's do this as a church. Will you pray with me? 
God, you have created us to be these walking, talking miracles. Help us not damage this creation. You love us so much. And one was sent to show us the, the direction that we need to go. And even he quoted that loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength was the most important thing. Help us to do just that, particularly in these summer months. And guide us as a church to take all of this on. Bless this process. All this in Christ's name. Amen. As we prepare